The views and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect that of the IBW or Local 24. Mm. No regulations for those big companies. Let them do whatever they want. Because if they're rich, then you feel better. That's right. You can bask in their glow. Drive that Acura like it's a Benz. You've got a millionaire's fear. Woo! All 40 grand a year. You send your own job away. Then you cut your own fucking pay. You watch a rich man's news. You push a rich man's views. Oh, you hate the working stiff and his nasty union dues. You're listening to the Baltimore Labor Report with your hosts, Jack Powell and Mike Ayers. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Baltimore Labor Report. Uh, We got a jam-packed show today, so before we get into it, I just want to do a couple little updates. The first update is on Starbucks. Um, It's like a day doesn't go by that Starbucks isn't in the news. So at the time of recording, there are 100 stores filing for petition to form a union. I think that's incredible in the short amount of time that since that first store organized. That gives us two stores in Baltimore. Uh, they are store number 14168 in Linthicum Heights on Nursery Road and then Charles Street downtown. Second update is with the, the GM workers uh, in Mexico. They voted by a wide margin for representation by S-I-N-T-T-I-A. Uh S-I-N-T-T-I-A received 78% of the vote, finishing well ahead of the other three unions that were in competition. Um, so good for them. I, it was like a, a 90% turnout for their election. I, I think the numbers were like 5,300-some people came out and cast ballots. Well, I, I think that's incredible. Wow, it's huge. Yeah, I think so too. I'm really glad this union won because they were the ones that were campaigning and, and fighting to get the people that were fired uh, for refusing overtime and solidarity with GM workers uh, back in 2009, uh, U.S. GM workers back in 2019. So some people lost their jobs in Mexico because they were standing with the U.S. workers. And hopefully uh, now that this new labor union is in place or will be in place, Maybe those people can come back to work. So I thought that was a cool victory for them. That's good, man. Uh, you know, in the world of hearing about all the fail failures with union drives, it's so pleasant to hear all these victories that have been happening. You know, not just with the workers down in Mexico, but Starbucks, and just it just it seems to be a, a general vibe of. Well, maybe in the circles we run. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? What news I choose to listen to, but it seems to be good. I, I'm I'm really happy to hear that. I, I I hope those workers are happy with their decision. I mean, you said there were five thousand ballots and like ninety percent participation. Yeah, I mean, 
that's, that's huge. I mean, they, they have, yeah, I mean, they have 6,500 workers there. So 5,000, 5,300 of them came out and right. cast their vote. So, I mean, that's, that's huge. Sounds great. Well, I appreciate the update. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you want to dive right in with REI? What's going on at REI? So this kind of goes back to uh, what we were talking about last week with Starbucks and how they have this portrayed image of, uh, you know, a progressive image and they hashtag Black Lives Matter and Pride Month and all this other stuff. Well, REI is another one of these companies that has that image. They're, they're literally called REI Co-op. Right, which is funny because... It's not a workers co-op, it's a members co-op, meaning that the customers can pay, they pay like $20 for a year. It's basically like a, a, a Sam's Club or like a, a BJ's or a Costco. They pay and they're, they're members and they have certain benefits and, and privileges within the company, like discounted prices and stuff like that. As far as their workers go, the word co-op doesn't come anywhere close to how that business is structured. But in Soho, New York, the store wanted to organize and they're supposed they have this image of being progressive. They're either outdoorsy company, hippie crunchy earth kind of thing with, you know, <laughs> yeah, the save the planet. Sure. And I think what really pissed everybody off was when they gave their union busting speech in their podcast they came out with like this woke like giving their pronouns and saying what uh indigenous indigenous people's land that they were on at the time of them giving their their message and then they went into this whole spiel of you know the typical we are not anti-union we just don't think a union is the right fit for us and, and just for the record, that stuff is fine. Announcing what your pronouns are is it's yeah. something we're all going to get used to, and, and like it, it is going to be. That's something not the point. The- I'm, I'm, you know, I wasn't knocking that. I'm just saying, <laughs> but they, but their 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 image that they're projecting is, you know, they're so, you know, they're so with it. They're, you know, they're they're conscious of that. They're conscious conscious of you know, indigenous, indigenous people's land, and then to turn around and to stamp out an organizing effort. It's just ridiculous that, you know, that's how they started off this podcast that they did and then went into their, their spiel of, you know, unions aren't right for this corporation. And they used the standard, like, uh, union busting language of, we don't want to put someone between you and I. We like a direct working relationship yeah. with the worker. And I want to address this specifically because on the first episode we did, somebody pointed out to me that I, I said, our union's like a middleman. And I didn't realize I was necessarily saying that specific thing at the time, but that lingo is often used in union busting campaigns as a negative. Like the the business owners or the people trying to bust the union or start or make you uncomfortable from trying to form a union will say it in a negative, like you, like you don't want a middleman between you and me, the employer. Um, right. We want to have direct access with each other. That That's and, what they always try to, to push. I knew what you were trying to say in that. And you know what I mean? But I think it's important to say that. that yeah. That, because that, it could be taken the wrong, wrong way. 
and, and it's often is if it, it's the language that the union busters are using it's it's good to have the conversation about what what it actually means to say that or say like what when rei says we we don't want a union because it's going to disrupt the direct working relationship with the employee it's kind of absurd to me um that they that that is that's something they're trying to sell that idea is is mute because you make up the union you know the worker collectively makes that union up so they still have a direct relationship but it's not just individualized with you it's with you and your co-workers as a whole that's the power of the union because it's it's standard for a business owner to single people out and say well it's, it's just good for you um well, the, the, that, example that, the example that i always try to use is and i think we touched on it on either the first or the second episode was if i were to go into my boss's office and say i want to raise and i want five dollars over the next three years and these increments, they would laugh at me. But if me and the 200 employees that work in this company all get together and we say, we want to raise a $5 over the next three years in these increments, well, that has a little bit more power and a little bit more weight than me just walking in there to, in that office and saying that. And that's kind okay. of the example that I always give. It's not like you don't have any control of what's going on. You know what I mean? It's a democratic process. And Correct. that's With just one of the union. scare tactics. Yeah, it's just one of the scare tactics that they use to kind of trick you into second guessing yourself of, of why you want to organize. Because how good does that sound? A direct working relationship with somebody. Right. Like, of course, that's what you want. And and let it be known, even if these workers decide, like at REI, to form a union, the what they'll do is then they'll come up with an agreement, and it, that is all negotiated within between the union and the business owner, and they have to come to some type of agreement. Then that agreement is church. You know that that is what you go by, and if they break that agreement, then you file a grievance. You know, right. it, it's it, it's a working relationship that right. it's it, representation on the worker side, and then the obviously the business owner side has their own set of um, goals they want to get out of whatever you know the workforce they have is right, and and they always say. They always say uh, we want to have a direct relationship with our, you know, with our, our employees or partners or associates or whatever woke term they're going to use to to give them. <laughs> and but the direct relationship is bullshit because they have teams of lawyers. Right. <clears throat> so if they have teams of lawyers fighting on their side against their workers, their associates, their partners, why can't we what. have? Why can't we have somebody in our corner too? You go to you go through any middle management training, and the amount of the, all the training is is what you can and cannot do to your employees. Mm -hmm. That that is like the majority of middle management training. Whether it comes to restaurants, a department store, it is 
you know liabilities law you know they they educate this these middle management people on all those things and the employee has no idea what their rights are i mean for the most part i mean we do because it's something that interests us i mean we started a podcast called the baltimore labor report we better have some type of idea of what rights we have in a workplace or right. rights someone else has in a workplace because that's what we want to talk about right i just yeah i think it's good that we talk about <clears throat> these terms especially that like the rei podcast did I, this is what like little side note my favorite thing about this i was curious about this podcast and all i did was google search uh rei union busting podcast and the google's algorithms or whatever put the rei's website with the podcast is number one so when you google search rei union busting podcast it actually comes up from their website directly. So like <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so many people were looking up this podcast with that term. They're like, oh, obviously this is what everyone's looking for. I was watching something the other day, and um, I think it was yesterday, the day before. And it was it was uh so there's this uh, there's this company called No Evil Foods. But they were another one of these, they were like the first ones that were like supposed to be like this progressive uh company that you know natural foods grass-fed foods and you know all this organic stuff and they portray that image of you know we're all friends here and and then they they try to organize and but it but it's funny because like somebody took hit somebody took that that ceo's uh anti-union spiel he played that one and then he played the rei one and it was almost verbatim word for word it must be just like a they must have a playbook. script that they read yeah yeah, that, yeah that's what i mean there must be like uh like an outlet of like in business school where like you know you guys are having trouble with your workforce uh, i mean they're gonna say things like livable wage and unionization <laughs> look here's the script you say you say you want a direct working relationship with them that that they they love that. They they always want that. It's not in the best interest for the workers. And and then my favorite is that they'll start admitting defeat, like especially in the REI when I listen to. They're like, uh, we know we didn't get everything right. Uh, you know, we know we fumbled over a few things in the pandemic. That's the same thing as like what they did up in Staten Island and with Amazon. You know, they said, Oh, well, you guys want to organize, but if you guys promise not to organize, we'll fix all the things that you have complaints about and they never did they never did anything so that's why they're they're back you know trying to organize again going back to like the rei stuff i'm seeing online where like on rei's site they must have like a a members um section where their co-op members can uh have like a like a forum i i'm seeing like a lot of people like saying you're i'm done with rei if you don't if you don't let these people organize and you know we're canceling and there's a petition going on like change.org to to remove eric arts from his position for union busting and and then you know this is going back to we kind of touched on some of the proact stuff last episode too you know this is this is also something that the pro act would help if we had the pro act right so uh, i got one of the articles pulled up here uh by motherboard um the vice company unionizing rei workers want their quote 
progressive employer to pay a living wage. Um, There's that word. There's words, living wage. I wonder if there's any graffiti. (laughs) (laughs) These are common signs of unions trying to form. Uh, there, this is the thing where they talked about how much they were being paid. Manhattan stores start roughly at eighteen ninety an hour. MIT's living wage calculator says that living wage in New York City is twenty one seventy seven, and an hour um, for someone without children. So I, I, I just can't imagine. <clears throat> it costs so much to live in New York City, and good, good on them for for taking these steps I, I it would be just nice as the dominoes fell the same way that they are at starbucks and, and it's a good sign to see it happening in like a, a different sector like all together with the what is it the rs rwdsu well, you I have think. an rei down where you live don't you yeah i do have you heard of any any no. rumblings from from that one? No, no. I the, yeah, I, I haven't heard of any r- rumblings. I I'm not on the uh, the up and up on what's going on down at the uh, REI in my neighborhood. <laughs> I, I've been in there before. I'm in, like I love the backpack, you know, all that good stuff. But I I, I don't really shop at REI that often. I feel like people go there for like the experience, like. And the eighty dollar water bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, one of it's one of those places, you know. But but it's like a passion place, you know what I mean? Like people that work there are very passionate. I mean, they get to work somewhere where they talk about rock climbing mm-hmm. all day or backpacking. I mean, people love that shit. And I, I mean, I, I'm susceptible to it because I'm an avid backpacker. I love it. I I yeah. went in there and tried backpacks on. I mean, it's a it's a it's cool store, and I I'm glad that they have these values where. They talk about, you know, pronouns and what stolen lands are speaking from. I mean, that shit should be education and it's good. It should be, but it's, but it's phony. That's the problem. It's phony. And I'll use the term that everyone hates. It's virtue signaling. They're trying Mm -hmm. to say, we're good people here. You know, we care about these things. Uh, but when you start digging in our pockets, uh, that's when we got to draw the line. I mean, it, it's it, it's just not right, you know. <laughs> and the terminology, the the way they they do these the, the, these talks, like it, you can just tell how uncomfortable they are when like that. Listen to that podcast. Do yourself a favor and go listen to it because it is so much just fluff. And then like. They say that that thing that we loved in the last episode that Amazon says we're not neutral on unions and we're not or, or no we're not against unions but we're not neutral either but we yeah. just don't think it's the right fit for it's not our the customers. right fit for our corporation right yeah we we like a direct working relationship they act like the managers aren't still going to be like Cheryl you're scheduled at seven today <laughs> right. you know like. No, no, fucking Melinda is still gonna tell you when your what your schedule is for the week, right? If it's not like in the agreement, they still have a direct working relationship with you. They're gonna say, "Hey, a uh, tractor trailer of fuck rock climbing shoes just showed up. Go unload it off the ship, right? Uh, off it's the, not off like the truck and put it on the wall. You know, it's not gonna be like, oh, I 
right we have to contact your people to go unload this truck it's not like that it's it nothing's going to change from your day-to-day operation you know like how more direct working relationship can you have with whoever your on-duty manager is when like you know someone's like moved all the water bottles around and you got it like yeah we got a mess over in the water bottle aisle you got to go can hey gerald can you pick that stuff up for me uh, of yeah sure you know what i mean right. or 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 little timmy over here wants to look at a mountain bike for a thousand dollars can you and his dad go look at it or, or whatever the case it's uh, like they act like they're they're gonna like loot like they they try to sell this idea that that's not going to be the case anymore right and right. it absolutely is they're just going to probably set up rules around the way like if another if, like the pandemic starts flaring up again they're going to say well you're required to give them masks and not make them work overtime yeah. or, or, or whatever the case may be yeah okay so here's some of the gripes they have this see this is the kind of shit that would probably actually change um and this is quoting the vice article um about rei one thing i kept coming back to is the fact that rei prides itself on being a great workplace a leader in outdoors but why why is it that none of us are making a livable wage uh why do we have to work 40 hours a week for 12 months to get health benefits Mm. why are there no guarantee of hours after the holiday season these are very basic things that REI has gotten away with and not not doing, despite this facade of being a progressive liberal company. And see that, like, how is that going to break? Like, if they get those things with the contract with an agreement, like that's what the sounds like what the people want, and they act like they're like the REI CEO acts like there's some breakdown between like, like their direct managers telling them what to do like their direct working relationship hasn't worked they they say they don't like these things and of course all the, the employees don't want to work 40 hours a week for 12 months to get health benefits yeah you know like how i i just it doesn't it doesn't map onto reality with me with like they there's not that no podcast where that CEO could be on where that person says that. And then the CEO just says, well, oh, we don't agree with that. We, we like, you know, we don't think the union's right for you because you would get that. We want to continue with the, uh, you know, a, a working relationship directly. And that's, that's, that's the nail on the head right there. They don't want to do what's good for the worker. They only want to do what's good for them and their pockets. Or, or rather, what they want is for that person with that complaint that says hey you know what why do i have to work for a whole year 40 hours a week to get health benefits um and then that person goes to his manager and says i i don't like this most right. of the time it's going to hey, be listen. here's our policy handbook this is you know you knew what you were getting into you're like melinda listen i have been here for two years and you know i know every one of these rock climbing shoes insides and out i can look at someone's foot and tell you what size it is and fit them to a t i think i deserve some health care and they're like well i might go under review you know let me talk to the gm and then they're like tell you what we'll give you half the benefits since you're such a good rock climb shoe instructor 
person. Oh, you know, and they're like, and then the rest of the employees are like, damn, like, uh, I, I'm, I'm just as good at rock climbing shoes. And I guess I, cause I didn't ask. see what the union does is, is it takes all that away. It democratizes everything. What's good for one is good for all. You're not, you're going to stand next to somebody that has the same benefits as you. I, it goes down to like this individualism that like, that it's good for business. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, well, that's kind of what we talked about in the first episode. We kind of hit on that a little bit. You know, it's the, the it's individualism and capitalism breeds individualism. It just makes everything fair. Like you said, what's good for one is good for all. Right. I, yeah. I, the employer benefits from this so-called direct working relationship is a direct means of negotiating with individuals so the majority of the workforce doesn't increase their wages that's what the direct that they want directly to deal with one person at a time so they can divide and conquer intimidate the wage right it's an intimidation tactic you know if i have to stand up by myself and go into your office and ask for this not everybody can do that not everybody feels comfortable talking in those stressful situations well we we've had conversations like this off mic about how difficult it is to talk to a non-union worker about unionizing and like what gall that takes like it's your livelihood i mean these people have children mortgages rent payments bills you name it they got it it's their livelihood it's what feeds them it's the the money they collect from doing their jobs and if you start talking about disrupting that and like obviously the employer is not going to be on board with what you're trying to do i can understand why people are hesitant but i think education is the key to all that the yeah. more the more that the worker knows what rights they have, what what is they're capable of doing, and you know if they start talking about unionizing, if they get fired, like the the Starbucks workers that got fired for talking about unionizing, and I think it was Memphis, like mm -hmm. there's good that's going to be lawsuits, man. Like you, that 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 there's reasons to why that shit is illegal, uh, you know, but. Uh, that being said, I can that that is such uh, in my eyes a brave thing to do, you know. Like they took the risk of yeah. doing it, and there's an inherent risk, you know. And so I'm sympathetic to people who may be hesitant to the idea. The only thing that I can say is be hesitant publicly about it at first get educated as much as possible if say say you're on the fence right now like say you're in a workplace and it's toxic and you hate it start doing research of about unions and what like is there a, a local union that could represent me in my area like if i'm a restaurant worker you know uh, there's unite here they do a lot of service um well i think the first thing that you would want to do is Talk to your coworkers and see if they feel the same way. 
I think what we should do is do a whole episode on how do you go about forming a union. I think I think that would be a great resource to have. Yeah, that would be that would be definitely cool. So there were some other news that came out this week um, with Amazon, one of their uh, facilities in Buffalo, uh, not Buffalo, where where is Staten this? Island. Staten Island is um, is unionizing. They they have a petition to unionize, um, and per you know, per usual, Amazon's doing captive uh, audience meetings um, where they spread pop propaganda about union busting, um, or spread p- propaganda trying to union bust and convince the workers that it's a bad idea to unionize. And Motherboard got a hold of a leaked audio of one of these captive audience meetings that I thought you might find pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, you would think they would have learned from Bessemer that that didn't work out too well for them. Yeah, but- <laughs> and just for a preview, I don't know if we'll be able to hear this. Let's try playing a little bit of it, see if you can hear it. Could, could you hear that? Yeah, I, I mean it's hard to hear. It's it seems like it's filmed and or like recorded within like someone's cell phone in someone's pocket. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, but w- I can just read the article. Um, some of the things. The big thing that came out of it is they said when things go to negotiations, uh, Amazon may start uh, with cutting everybody's wage back to minimum wage and then somebody like spoke up and was like uh excuse me you're telling us that we're gonna make less if we unionize or or like what and the person like totally walked it back and then was like no no we're just saying we don't know what's gonna happen with the negotiation process i think i can get to that point um in the audio let's see if we can hear they're using scare tactics that's what it is. And see, that's what got him in trouble in Bessemer. Yeah. And that's what's going to get him in trouble here. Also be liable to pay what's called union dues, which are a representation fee that was straight out of your paycheck and give it to the ALU. They haven't told us how much they're going to yeah, out of your check for union dues. And let's be clear here. Union dues are used... You're the union. Right. Union dues are used to facilitate the union. It pays the 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 people that you elect to run the union. It pays for um, uh, renting a space for an office and stuff like that. You know, it's the same thing as if if you joined the gym, you would pay a membership due to use that facility. It's the same right. thing. Right. And it's important here that you let we let people know that they're, they're not charging you that there's collectively the union uh, takes a set amount of money out or, or they don't even take it out of check. You have to physically go pay these dues. And then 
what those so do, you can have a check off, but or or check off or, yeah. or whatever, however they facilitate whatever the, it. right. But that's all negotiated on. That's negotiated. it's not going to be some unknown number that oh my god, it's going to be whatever. I, I did they even give a number or they just said they didn't know how much it was going to be? They they, or they said we don't know. They could charge whatever they want for these. Because I think they, I think Starbucks was doing the same thing, uh, talking about dues, and because I, I saw some stuff that they were posting to like in retaliation to that saying like uh you know it's going to be like nine dollars out of your check or something like that right it, it this is uh, strictly a scare tactic because it never it never maps onto reality because if you look at statistical data about what a unionized worker makes versus what an ununionized worker makes the unionized worker statistically always makes more right it's because of collective bargaining right as a whole they collectively come up with what is fair for the employee it's almost like the worker has representation it's and not almost. Act- it, it is <laughs> right I, I, but, I, I, and it's also too you know and depending on what the 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 terms are of their contract you know i i have a, a cousin who works for a non-union electoral outfit well, he's married to my cousin. And um, his big thing is, I'm not paying to work. I'm not paying dues. I'm not going to pay somebody to work. And I, and I said to him, um, okay, but so in the, the little amount of money that I pay in dues, I get representation. I get a pension, an annuity, a local pension. I mean, an international pension, a local pension, um, my health care, I don't pay for. That's contractor paid for. And would just what are you paying in health insurance? And he always like, well, that's not the same thing, you know, <clears throat> it's because but it people- is because I don't have to pay for that. So if he's paying, let's say three hundred dollars a check for health insurance, my dues coming out of my check is four percent. And if you, if you add, that's, you know, that's my assessment that goes to my local union. If you add all my quarterly union dues, it's like 40 some bucks, maybe 50. Right. And the thing there, even if you don't account for the health and welfare, all the fringe benefits that we get, or most union workers get, the, the paycheck is still more. It's still like, even without those things you know what i mean but like it's hard for people to parse in their mind this they they don't think about other things besides how much money goes in their check which is it's fine but it's up to us to educate people on you know what a fringe benefit even is because i never knew what these benefits were before i joined a local or a union you know like yeah I had no idea. There was was something going around on Facebook um, and take it for whatever it's worth. It was a meme on Facebook, but you know, it it was basically paraphrasing here that uh, I think they got a $14 raise just when, after from going union, Uh, that's substantial. So if you if you get a $14 raise, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. And then you have if, to pay if the union a dollar did, of it in union dues right, per hour, or a dollar fifty, or whatever it is, in, you know, an hour. 
I think it's but worth that, it. But that's what they the they don't. Well, actually, we get it and get to that in this video because well, Delta like, did that shit too. Delta did that when they uh, what was it last year or, or the year before when they were trying to to squash that effort. Dude, those ads they, were they, hilarious. Right, they put the you know you could buy a PlayStation for blah 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 with your union dues or some shit like that, and it's like why 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 join a union? Well, they're going to take four hundred dollars out of your paycheck a year. You that's a whole PlayStation <laughs> rather than unionize. <laughs> Why don't you play Call of Duty? <laughs> Keep your mind off the local and get on that hand out mini mini airplane bottles of water. <sighs> um, but anyway, let's get back to uh, this video because what we we're talking about actually matters here, and what the uh, this captive audience meeting was saying to these workers. Um, here we go. <laughs> So, so this is at the point. I'll stop it, but the Amazon worker is like, "Uh, wait, what did you just say?" Like, if so, what the Amazon captive audience meeting team leader or whatever you want to call this person said was that when you go to collective bargaining negotiations, there's no guarantee you can end up with the same wages, better wages or worse wages and which is like crazy to even say like that is threatening they are threatening these people with if you unionize and it goes to collective bargaining what they're saying is in bad faith amazon will say now that you have a union we're going to collectively bargain and give you less money and then you go and strike well because this might get into the weeds with like labor lawyers and like you know intimidation tax. Like, yeah, the, the, I mean, the, that's yeah. I mean, that's intimidation. Yeah. So let, the, the, this is the funny part of the video because the guy, the whoever the worker is, like speaks up and yeah. says something. Saying we could end up with work. What do you? What does that mean by that? Oh shit! I shouldn't have said any of that. Right, exactly. And good for him for calling him out, you know, because that's I, I can't think of a time that I can remember in history that a place has unionized 
and I'm sure there probably maybe is some somewhere some some time in the past that it's happened, but I cannot remember hearing about any time that anybody has ever organized that they got a worse deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's nutty. I mean, like, not not only is it just nutty, it's it, 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 we're not labor lawyers. We're just two electricians, but it, you're butting up to illegal activities. So in the Bessemer uh, union election, they ruled that it was an unfair uh, election because of a few things. I, I believe it was a mailbox that was installed outside of the facility that said vote here. And then the these captive audience meeting team leaders would say, hey, did everyone get your vote in? And they started asking a lot of questions of people. And they determined yeah. that it was intimidation because there's so many like surveillance cameras. Right. They had, I think they had cameras set up. That not only they had cameras set up, but they had that 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 mailbox installed on the premise, like mm -hmm. that, like a week, two weeks, or whatever it was before the election. Yeah, I don't know. I I have a friend who is a a labor lawyer in D.C. Actually, I think he is. Uh, Works for the fitters, steam fitters. I'd be interested to see what he has to say about this. I'm gonna try maybe get in touch with him this week. Dude, see, get his sounds, opinion. That that sounds like someone I'd want as a regular guest. On yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have to give him a call. See, you know, see if he'll be our go-to legal guy. Yeah, I know he's got his hands full with work and his family, but oh, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, but uh, I, yeah, I'll run it by him. Just to piggyback off of what they are doing here with this captive audience meeting, we talked about the PRO Act a little bit. The PRO Act would prevent companies from spending money and having these captive audience meetings and union busting. It, it would be illegal to do this with the PRO Act, where they get everybody together and say, you know, what are the common things we don't the, the middleman between you and i we want a direct working relationship and god damn amazon really goes hard in the paint with you know things are going to get worse possibly if you unionize <laughs> you know like they right. they really go for it when trying to scare people yeah i i would like i you know, you know be a fly on the wall or you know I wish the guy would have said, show me statistics that say people that organize end up worse. Yeah. I mean, they're not saying statistically saying they're, they're, they just put a question mark down there and right. like, and then what they do with that question mark, see what's going to happen. And what I think is going to happen is this person is going to get severely reprimanded for this because that, that is a huge fuck up by them. By saying that, that, and like this guy was recording it. I mean, I, how many times? I, I I can't imagine the amount of times someone has said even worse things. You know yeah, what I mean? That hasn't been caught. Yeah, that hasn't been caught or leaked. You know? Yeah. But I mean, this this is what they do, though. And well, I, like going back to the dues thing, I I I. I I think one of the things that they said was like, you know, this isn't like a Netflix trial. You can't, you know, it's not like 30 days and you can like opt out. Yeah, this is binding. 
So. Well, yeah, I would love to be bound to an agreement between my employer and I. <laughs> it's it's binding for you also. Exactly. Old Jeffrey Bezos. Anyway. Yeah, but that's what they do. Yeah. Like I said before, you, you think they would have learned their lessons from, from Alabama. Well, it may be an issue of the simply scale of which their workforce is because like union busting is probably a very like niche market of people that can do it without breaking the law you mm -hmm. know they're they're very trained on stepping up to that line and intimidating you without breaking the law and then when stuff like this happens it shows you that the what they were saying in whatever meeting managers meeting they were having they're like you can't say this you can't say that this person made a mistake you know what i mean <laughs> severely because yeah. it could get the election thrown out and redone you know what i mean like or whatever peanut fines that they would give well Amazon. it's it's definitely a basis for them to if it doesn't go in their favor for them to take and say you know we want to redo so yeah but the, it, it just like prolongs the process right and, 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 and that might be their tactic too to yeah. drag it out because their turnaround time is so so quick with employees maybe they're hoping they'll cycle through some of these pro-union people yeah drag it out and they're gonna play the waiting game let's you know let's just carry this on for and people are just gonna get tired of it and then they're just gonna give up on it but <laughs> hopefully they don't yeah why would they be fighting it so hard if and like you would think Amazon would want the union if they're like you could get paid less they would, <laughs> they would right, be if that was, right. exactly if it would if it would <laughs> if there was a chance that they could pay you less than what they're paying now they would welcome it with open arms <laughs> right like, like even logically the statement doesn't make any sense <laughs> right <laughs> Jesus. You, fucking, they, they'd have unions in there, you know. Well, come on, you got cheaper labor, let's go, right? <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> so, I came across this hilarious article. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, Mike, but the Benji's Drive In Theater, <laughs> yes, yes, okay. uh, it's a little bit lighter and it. it it's quite funny. It's so fucking comical. I, I didn't know anything about Benji's or I didn't even know there was a drive-in theater in the Baltimore area. It's been there for decades. Have you ever been there? No. No. Okay. It's like in um, a part of town that I don't really frequent. So uh, I got you. Um, so this <laughs> so what happened was they they need employees and they Shocking. put an ad out <laughs> yeah the, i guess you know no one wants to work at a drive-in movie theater so they're hiring like most people are in this tight labor market and uh <laughs> let's discuss why they might be hiring <laughs> well because i guess at the height of covid i mean the drive-in movie theater probably shot through the roof, man, because you couldn't go to right. movie theaters. Sit in and your there, car. There was comedians that were doing drive-in movie theater tours. That mm -hmm. I do. Um, yeah, I know. Like the, the we have like this wingnut church up by us, and like 
every Sunday at like 11 o'clock, they would like pile in like all these cars and they would have like these like born again, Christian, like rock bands playing. And it's like, dude, I just want to sit in my hammock and listen to the fucking birds. <laughs> I don't want to listen to this. That's hilarious. So <clears throat> they posted an ad online or uh, an ad for some positions at, at Benji's drive-in movie theater. And it went viral because of some of these rules that were in the descriptor. Okay. Some of the rules for the employees included employees must give 17 days written notice and get it approved by management before taking time off of work. 17 days. Uh, that's 17 a, days. That's an odd number, but it, it is absurdly a lot of time. <laughs> if an emergency arises concerning yourself or an immediate family member, i.e. sickness, death, etc., and you are unable to report to work, documentation of the situation from a verifiable source must be provided, i.e. obituary, police report, etc. <laughs> Listen. The popcorn stand is no joke. We need a, a notarized death certificate if you can't put the hot dogs on the roller, okay? Please. Like, okay. Well, there's more here. Um, employees must be reachable by phone on short notice. Yeah, of course. Because, you know, popcorn's not going to pop itself. Okay, so this is this is the one that really got a lot of people. Um, employees are allowed to attend movies for free, but could be, quote, drafted to work if they are needed, according to the policy. Yeah. <laughs> so you're watching your movie on your day off. And someone comes up and you like, have your family with you like knocks on your window well, not like, even that you go up to the you go up to the concession stand to get like a popcorn and two cokes and they're like oh joe i'm glad you're here put that down i need you to put some hot dogs on the rollers i'm with my family no you're working i need you to work get the fuck well, out of here <laughs> you're here for free it's not like you paid to get in here right if you paid i could see but you're here for free. So that means you're my property. And okay, so this is the one that needs a little bit of explanation, but it was in the ad for working at Benji's drive in movie theater. Employees may not wear Benji's attire in any Royal Farm store. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. They got a gang war going on with, <laughs> so, with the Rofo. Can you imagine Rofo like, Posse? Can you imagine like picking up like your your breakfast sandwich and cup of coffee <laughs> on your way to work? You know, the Royal Farms is there. You you got your work attire on, and the manager walks in and sees you wearing your Benji's Drive-In Movie Theater T-shirt, and he's like, "This is a strict." <laughs> You're in violation. Of our You're in violation of of the contract we agreed upon. <laughs> You're wearing Benji's drive-in movie theater attire in a rural farms. There's a Wawa across the street. You can go there. And it's, you're not in violation. So it does it work the other way too? So if if you're on your day off 
and you are going to Benji's drive-in and you really love that Rofo chicken and Western fries and you stop and get a chicken box and they smell it in your car as you're coming in, can you get fired? Let's be real. They're just going to be like, come on, man. You know the rules. No Benji's attire in any rural farms. Um, so, but so this is why the, this article I read, it's called Baltimore Fishbowl about this. Uh, in 2010, Benji's owner filed a lawsuit against rural farms, arguing that light pollution from a neighboring rural farms would negatively, negatively impact his business. I think that makes a little bit of sense, you know, but I understand that, that, that but being to have beef with the Rofo to, <laughs> to wear you, any Rofo, any Rofo that you can't wear your Benji's shirt or, you know, I feel Come like on. we should, we should make like knockoff Benji's shirts and like, <laughs> or, or this is a perfect opportunity for rural farms to be like, whatever like font benji's is written in like do a rofo shirt yeah like the chicken palooza except like <laughs> the benji's logo like <laughs> with like the roll farms in it <laughs> maybe i'll have to make up something <laughs> uh, we might have some new stickers coming out oh man the, but did the, you see he so the owner came on facebook and <laughs> I, Unfortunately, I did see this. Yeah, so he he posted like this huge like rebuttal. Let, let's which, let's be clear. It was way worse. Like it, it made the situation like a hundred times worse. <laughs> which, to be clear, like this, what he says in his response is probably true. I can see some seventy-year-old dude who's been running this drive-in movie theater since whatever age he was yeah. or whatever the case may be like back in the you know the 60s when you shouldn't be coloring your hair that was one of the other uh things with the yeah no piercings no you know long hair or like uh what did it say something like uh i hear no uh employees are prohibited from having body piercing ornaments <laughs> and wearing including more than one earring in each ear they must also cover tattoos and quote wild hair colors deemed inappropriate <laughs> yeah just because it's a drive i love theater the doesn't high, mean it's 1950 anymore i i love the high bar of which a a Benji's drive-in theater has for its employees, you know, <laughs> right? Like I just foresee like, you know, 45 year old, you know, six foot tall white guys in suits, like popping popcorn and putting <laughs> hot dogs on the rollers <laughs> and being like, how's the condiment section? Is, is the condiment station still clean? You know, Go over there and clean the compliment station. It's just funny, man. Especially in, in this day and age where tattoos are so commonplace now. It's it's People ridiculous the to discriminate tattoos. Well, you know, when I worked at a supply house, you know, I got tattoos all over my hands, my knuckles, I got full sleeves, I got tattoos on my neck. You know, it's I worked in an office. They didn't they didn't care. Right. You know? It's not, not like it's well, not like it used to be 
30 fucking years ago where tattoos were like taboo sound like you would ever work at benji's uh i could never work at benji's i'd have to <laughs> i'd have to invest in a lot of makeup cover up <laughs> cover up my hands i wonder how desperate benji's drive-in theater would have to be to be like god this guy's great his resume is perfect he's got a ton of tattoos <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he's worked at every every drive-in theater from here to Kingdom Come, but he's got a tattoo. I mean, I would almost go out on a limb and say, I don't know if I would trust a drive-in movie theater that the people that work in there didn't have tattoos. That's like going to a circus, or like a carnival, and like the carnies not having tattoos and piercings. It's just not, it's just unheard of. <laughs> so he responded... <laughs> this is him responding um and one of the points of this post is the comments are disabled for the time being on this yeah. post because <laughs> his other post for his ad for his business went viral okay so for 33 years i've been the sole owner and operator of benji's drive-in theater that changed this past year i'm now the part owner he's blah 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 he's stepping down he goes in and says he's responsible for the policy being attacked. I put these policies into place during my second year of the ownership in 18 or I'm sorry, 18, <laughs> 1989. The policies grew out of the need to get particularly young employees, most of who were at on the first. I'm sorry, most of who were ones having a first job. It's hard to read what he writes just <clears throat> to see what I expected out of them. The policy group <laughs> uh, proportionally out of learning what employees can do to a small business when they don't understand the responsibility of having a quote work, work ethic. ethic. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, like uh, what does having a tattoo or dyeing your hair have to do with your work ethic? Absolutely. Like, zero. This guy, like, I'm sorry, you're burying yourself by even like trying to defend the point that you made. Like, yeah. And it's, it's such bullshit. It's, uh, poor me, poor me. I'm the victim. I'm, you know, it, I just wanted these young people to have a work ethic. So I said that they need to be on call 24 seven to come in if the popcorn machine needs to be ran. And you need to give me 17 days advance if you're going to have a doctor's appointment. 17 days. How about a two-day notice? I'm going to let you know today I won't be here. I don't know. I just saw this. I mean, I'm not going to read this whole post from this guy because it, you, it, you it's can huge. find it. It, it. Yeah, it's long. <laughs> just, you know, just search on Facebook the Benji's thing and you can read it for Basically, yourself. It's it's somebody of an yeah. You know, he goes into saying like to those who possess a work ethic, uh, it's my right to do whatever I want without consideration to my job in any way. These policies will deter them from applying. Come on, <laughs> Jesus! But yet your advertising for positions open. I, yeah. I kind of like, you know, I. I want to go to a Benji's interview and just like ask him. I, I just want to, I just want to, <laughs> I wonder if they're being like inundated with like job applications now, like the way that we like, just fucking with them. Yeah. The way that like anti-work did 
uh, that that subreddit kid to uh, the Kellogg's workers. Uh, or not the workers, but like the management. Like you can apply for jobs at Kellogg's when they were on strike. Yeah, right, right. And like they were just people were writing scripts flooding. for like flooding. So look, if you want to have some fun, why don't you go ahead and apply at Benji's Drive-In Theater and see what the job has to offer? Yeah. I mean, just make sure you cover your tattoos up and take your piercings out, your <laughs> ornaments, your facial <laughs> ornaments. Uh. Hey, we're coming up on the end of the time. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Baltimore Labor Report with your host, Jack Powell, and me, Mike Ayers. We really hope you enjoyed this week's deep dive into what's happening in the labor movement in the Baltimore area and surrounding and nationally. Uh, Please rate and subscribe and review the podcast. And make sure you like and follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Baltimore Labor Report. You can also contact us through our email, at Baltimore Labor Report at gmail.com. And please support the Baltimore Labor Report on our Patreon. Make sure you tune in next week for more labor news. And remember, the bosses need you. You don't need them. America, we've been asleep too long. Feel the holes close the loops right the wrong town. Corporations, they pay no taxes. We're losing jobs while their profits be maxing. Yeah.